0: Today on the Fatherhood, I was able to talk to a longtime friend of mine, uh, Lando Proctor. Like me, Lando is a father, but he's also a divorcee. You know, I hadn't talked to Lando in quite some time, so not only was it good to to catch up with him, but it was great to have a, a interesting conversation about how he's navigated his way um, as a father through the divorce process. So, my conversation with Lando is coming up next. This is Jamar Hudson, and you're in the Fatherhood. Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host Jamar Hudson, and you're in the Fatherhood. As a new member of the hood, my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey as a father. Part therapeutic, part informative, part educational. My goal is to talk about everything from adjusting to getting no sleep to changing diapers to just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to share with you the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first-time father. So what have you been up to, man?
1: You know, I mean, in terms of just general life stuff, just you know, running a lot. Um, you know, I've uh, uh, I I went through sort of a like a funk like last fall where I didn't, I wasn't quite sure like what I wanted to do. Um, I had finally, so last spring, I finally broke three hours in the marathon and um, running like another. Running, like, another city marathon just to, like, collect a medal, like, wasn't really that interesting to me. Um, so I wasn't sure, like, what to do for the fall. So I never, I never really signed up for anything. And then I started, I made the mistake of, like, watching these, like, trail race videos on YouTube. And there's, like, this, there's this big community on YouTube where these guys just make these, like, super beautiful, like, sort of, like, documentary films of, like, these big, like, trail races. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, that's, like, that's got to be where it's at. Like, I should do that. So I like sort of blindly um, signed up for well not blindly like I knew what I was getting myself into but I signed up for this hundred k race in uh, Zion that's coming up in April. Um, so so a hundred k is like sixty two miles, um, and I like you know I I had done so I've ran further than the uh, than the marathon distance once before for my uh, I ran thirty six miles on my thirty sixth birthday. And I just did that here in Detroit with some friends and we did like three different loops. Um, and, uh, and I raised money for Hudson school like through the thing or whatever. Um, cause like Facebook had that thing where you can like, you know, you donate your birthday to a cause or yeah. whatever. Um, so, I, so I did that and I was like, and I remember th- a mile, like around like mile 28 or 30 or something. I was like, yep, this is my introduction to ultra marathoning and my retirement from ultra marathoning like all on the same day. And then I, and then I went and signed up for a, uh, a sixty-two mile trail race. So, 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 I've been running a lot, training for that.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, man. It is. It is just hard to. I don't know how you feel about it. It's just hard to to look at us now at our age, uh, knowing you know how far we've come and you know the, how how fast the years have gone by to see us as as dads now. I think it's, it's just it's still weird in so many ways, especially you know when you see people you've known forever in parent mode um it's odd i don't know how you feel about it but it's it's still kind of weird to me
1: yeah it's definitely you know i mean i've had more so hudson's like you know he's like about seven not quite seven and a half but you yeah. know so hudson's seven so i've had a little bit more time of an adjustment period than you obviously yeah um but but yeah you know you do you look at your other friends on like social media or the people that you grew up with and, and you see people and obviously most in those cases people are posting like the best version mm-hmm. of like that of that experience um but yeah it is it's it's it, you know I, I feel like i had this sort of like this, this sort of like same quandary when it came to just like how i dressed like you know like at some point i realized like i was mm-hmm. always wearing like button up shirts and i was like i don't know i don't know like when that transition happened but now all of a sudden like that's just sort of like the thing that i like identify with or whatever you know and so i think that there is just a sort of like in some way there's a natural progression to the way that we like grow up in in a sense like as people and these other like responsibilities and stuff that we take on and the and the sort of the the things that are absorbed within that whether it's wearing button up shirts, you know, like the uniform of adulthood or whatever, or whether, you know, and, and you like, you know, kids to the process and being a parent and, and just like the responsibility that, that it, that it comes with. But, but yeah, it is interesting to sort of like retrospectively look at, at that sort of like evolution of yourself and, and your friends.
0: Uh, I'm with you hundred percent. And, you know, before we get too far in the conversation, just want to let everyone know uh, today on their fatherhood, I'm talking to a longtime friend of mine. Um great ball player, great guy, Landon Proctor's um <laughs> joining me today on <laughs> Lano Proctors joining me on the Fatherhood uh podcast, a guy who knows me very well. And you you mentioned your son who has the best name ever. His name is Hudson. So tell 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 me about him and tell our listeners about about your young man.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh Hudson is seven. Um he uh he is, you know, he's probably like right along the lines of, of most like seven year old boys. He's obsessed with superheroes, which I, I never was into that stuff as a kid. Like I didn't read comic books and I didn't really play like video games. And so he'll come to me and he will be like, dad, who's your favorite superhero? And I just like literally have no response. I'm like, uh, Batman, yeah. I, 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 like, I just don't know any, you know, and he wants like these like exotic superheroes that are in like movies now that I don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he's like into that stuff super. He's really into animals. Um so uh he just he he'll, he's got like we've got several subscriptions to like, you know, um like highlights magazines and some other like there's like a Ranger Rick magazine or something that he gets that he'll just like sit there and like read those things like cover to cover just to to learn everything he can about animals. Um he plays uh he plays like soccer for his school. They have a little like team that plays in like a, a local Detroit uh league. Um, he's, uh, he's in like a, a little small, like basketball league Mm -hmm. that he plays in. Although what they do is like not basketball in any capacity. Um, it's, it's, it's it's much closer to football without like, you know, (laughs) uh, first down without like, you know, first downs. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he's, you know, he, he's just, he's, he's in second grade at school. So he's, you know, doing like all those things. We're like really happy with the school that, that we got lucky that we found here in Detroit and, uh. And yeah, like he's just, he's a great kid. Like he's, he, as he gets older and grows and he's, you know, maturing, it's just a lot of fun to, to spend a lot of time with him and just sort of like exposing him to new things and, and, uh, and sharing some like new experiences with him.
0: So are you doing the coaching thing or are you just watching, uh, being a dad that just watches from the, from the stands?
1: Yeah. So no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not coaching anything thus far. Um, and I've sort of part of that is a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one thing, I would be a useless soccer coach. I like literally know nothing about it. Um, I, it's to me, like the only thing I can do is like vaguely describe how all sides work. Yeah. And that's about my extent of like soccer knowledge. Um, for basketball, uh, this league that he's in, like I, I, it's, it, I do sit in the bleachers and I just like bite my tongue the entire time because <laughs> they, they sort of it was supposed to be just very like instructional league yeah. and they're just like teaching them a lot of like really bad habits yeah. <laughs> and so I just you know but I think you know it's so it's a practice in in not being the parent who's yeah. like yelling from the sidelines and just letting the kid go out and enjoy the experience and and just have fun with it and so. So I'm trying to uh, I'm I'm challenging myself to stay restrained in like those capacities thus far.
0: So it's interesting you brought that up because um, I'm I'm wondering how I'm going to be when it comes to that point. Um, I had a friend talk uh, about a week ago about how they were at a basketball game and you know the parents on the opposite team were just just giving the the team a bunch of grief. You know, yeah. yelling at them, and I'm like. You know, there's seven. My friend was saying there. These are kids. Like you, just sh- shouldn't be that serious. And I'm right. just curious to see how I am um, when I get to that point. What type of sports parent I'm going to be? Because uh, I know how it was, and we were playing sports, and how you know sometimes right. parents can take the fun out of it. Um, yeah, for I just sure. don't want to be that that parent. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, I, I want to be able to make sure that he has fun while at the same time, you know, learn and, you know, take all the valuable lessons um, that sports uh, teaches us. So I'll, I'll check back in, back in about three or four years.
1: Yeah, like my my theory on that, and I, and I think, like looking back on, and I'm sure that if we, you know, like offline, like compared notes on parents that we were thinking of from like our own like high school experience, Yeah, I think all the parents who we would like describe as like overreacting in those stages, they were never overreacting because of like, their child their kids like involvement it was because they were still like living their own dreams like through their kid being on the field yeah and so so I think like if unless you have some sort of like internal like you know unresolved issues like with the sport itself like I don't think there's you know I mean even like obviously like baseball would probably be like the toughest one to to remain silent all the time and just let him enjoy but like I also like I'm totally at e at peace the way that like all that ended, you know?
0: I definitely agree. Um so Lando, you know, being a being a dad to Hudson, Hudson's about six or seven now. He's seven. Yeah, he's seven. So what does being a father mean to you, man?
1: You know, it's really like it's obviously a it's the biggest responsibility that I have, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel that I feel that on a daily basis, um, from, from all the capacities of, of like just providing for him, um, for being a good role model, uh, for trying to, you know, like my biggest goal for him is that he grows up to be like a a completely like autonomous person and can solve problems for himself and, you know, is able to like make decisions and sort of like, as he gets older, like crafts and creates the life that like that he wants to lead and not necessarily the life that I want him to lead. Mm -hmm. And so for me being a parent is really trying my hardest to set him up for success in like those ways. Um, and so, you know, so, uh, yeah, so that, so that, so that's it for me. It's just, I feel like that responsibility, you know, daily. And I try to try to figure out and make sure that I'm doing the things that, that are, uh, like living up to that sort of like ideal.
0: Yeah. So, so as you became a father, I'm curious, who did you model, you know, being a dad after? Like, who were some of your role models? I know you, you had your dad in your life growing up. You're one of our coaches. Sure. But what did you take from him and maybe some other role models, uh, male role models in your life that you applied to, to your situation when you became a dad?
1: Sure. You know, it's interesting. I... I think, and and I think your podcast actually like helped me sort of think about this some too, as I've been thinking about the things that you've been talking about with a bunch of your guests. Um, And I think the first time sort of growing up that I ever thought about fatherhood or thought about the fathers that I saw around was really at, during like high school baseball games. Um, And Before that, you know, you know that that your friends have a dad, right? Or there was like a dad involved in the process, whether they were around or not. But it's never really something that like you consider like what that person might actually mean. But I can, you know, I can think back really clearly on the support systems that we had through dads, like your dad, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Alexander. I can think back to like any home game and I know exactly where they're standing behind first base, just out in, in, in foul territory, just beyond the fence, you know? Um, and I can think back to like several other dads and I know exactly where they were at any given time. And I think that like, so thinking about those guys as role models and what they were demonstrating for me that what I would want to be now as a father is just that sort of like presence, you know, they were, they were always there. You knew that the, that their presence was like a clear indicator of their support as you in both like. Not really, just like as a baseball player, because you know that that obviously was going to come to an end for all of us at some point. But really, mm-hmm. as as they were just supporting us as like growing human beings and and young men, um, and so I think that like looking back on like as those people, so you know, you know, your dad, um, the other dads that I mentioned, my dad, and just like the sort of like the presence that they were always around, and and you knew that you could count on that, and I think that that's really. I think that's really like a great model. And, I'm, and I feel really lucky to have had that.
0: So now that you've been a dad for six, seven years, um, how is being a dad to Hudson changed your approach to life?
1: You know, it's interesting. I don't know. Um, I don't know that it has that much, um, hmm. especially, as, especially as Hudson's gotten a little older. Um, now, obviously when he's, completely dependent on you to, to, you know, make sure that he's just like surviving on a day-to-day basis, you know, like the phase that you're still in, like Emery needs you and and your wife, like all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, Hudson, like I can come home from, we can come home now. and, And there's days where Hudson really wants to interact with me. And there's days where he wants to go in his room and play with his like Legos or, or animal toys or whatever, all on his own. And that's like, and that's perfectly fine. Right. That's like the space that he like wants to create for himself. Um, so, but I think for me, I you know, like I said, m- my goal is to really help Hudson become like this totally autonomous person where he is is able to just like tackle the world and and take it head on by himself, and I think one of the ways that I can help him do that is by modeling behavior that shows like the way that I'm trying to do that um and so for me. You know, we had a guest on a few one of one of the previous shows who said that he still was doing things that doing things for himself that he found that like brought him joy or however he phrased it because he didn't want the model for his daughter to be that someone had like stopped living their life to completely support that person because he didn't want her to one day make her life about supporting another individual and thinking like that's what life was about. And so for me, like I'm pretty comfortable with the way that I that I'm living life and and I think that like by continuing to live life the way that I was like I feel like I'm I'm doing a good job of like modeling that for Hudson and giving him uh, a blueprint that he can hopefully you know pick and choose from it and and make some of his own decisions and decide what he wants to take away and what he doesn't
0: yeah that's an interesting point you you brought up I mean we just have to figure out what works for us I know I'm still um, coming up on four months. Uh, of Emery being here, just figuring out what works for me, and not trying to do too much and change too much of my life mm-hmm. that I'm losing myself. You know, I still want to, you know, be Jamar, but at the same time, you know, implement being a dad into my day to day life, and it's it's, sure. it's a it's an ongoing process. It's something that that um I'm learning uh, learning as I go. Yeah. You know, Landa, one one of the things, the main reason I wanted to have you on the podcast, I try to have perspectives. Uh, from different dads, from different walks walks of life. And you're a, a divorcee, and you're very open and mm-hmm. honest about that experience. And I wanted to talk to you about that uh, on today's show. Um, and you often hear people say, uh, you know, you want to stay together for the sake of the kids. So take me a little bit through through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you're a divorcee. Was there ever consideration for you to stay just for the sake of Hudson and just kind of take a through through that whole situation?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, staying together for the sake of Hudson probably describes like the last three years of our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for for both of us, you know, there's there was certainly, you know, like, you know, marriage in itself is a, is a difficult process. Um, and it's not always, you know, the honeymoon phase ends and at some point, like, you know, real life sets in and, and there's ups and downs and good times and bad. And so one of the things that we were always like struggling with sort of during that those like sort of last three years was where we definitely were of the mindset that staying together for the sake of Hudson was the best choice for him, if we could make it work. And then also sort of just wondering, like, is this just a downtime and in five years, is it, you know, is the ebb and flow going to come back the other way? And suddenly it's going to be back to rainbows and butterflies and and we'll be fine. And we just have to like weather this storm. Yeah. Um, so for us, eventually we came to the, we came to a point where we sort of realized that like, it, it probably wasn't ebbing and flowing anymore. We were just, we were just, we were just in the ebb phase. <laughs> and so, so we, uh, so at some point, and it wasn't like a big dramatic, like throwing things across the house or anything. We just sort of realized that like it, it it, it just wasn't going to work anymore. Um, and so we had, we'd given it like our best shot and neither of us at that point were, like mad at each other yeah. for it. I think we just sort of we and we'd had long discussions about how we thought this was gonna affect Hudson, how we were gonna potentially like co-parent, you know, if it if it went that way. And so I, I feel like we were pretty prepared uh, to make that decision when we finally did. Um, but but yeah, so it's it sort of yeah, it's interesting. Like trying to stay together for the sake of Hudson was definitely like a primary. It was our like main point for a really long time. And then it just realized that it, you know, we were just, it it just wasn't going to work anymore.
0: Yeah. I just had a guest on a couple of episodes ago who talked about his co-parenting situation and how important it is Mm -hmm. um, to make it work. So how do you guys make it work?
1: Lots of communication. You know Um, I I think it definitely helps that we are not mad at each other Mm -hmm. and that we can, that we can work together and we view we still view ourselves as a team when it comes to co-parenting Hudson and so so you know we're very much on the same page in terms of uh you know making sure that he does not play one of us against the other to like get things that he wants um we we both had friends growing up who were like who had were from divorced households who like did do that to their parents mm-hmm. and both of us were like we do not want anything to do with that like i'm not buying him like extra Jordans because he said that you're going to buy them for him instead if I don't or whatever, not doing any of that nonsense, you know? Um, and so, so we definitely like, we just make sure that we're always like on the same page about stuff. We're getting, we're in constant communication with each other. Um, uh, you know, we're still, you know, I, I think we, we still view each other as friends. And so it's not like, it's, it's not contentious when, when we do have to like, Have a talk and figure something out. And there's definitely times where too, one of us will say, like, "Hey, I'd like to start trying this thing with Hudson. Do you think you'd want you'd be willing to do that in your house too?" Um, Like, so for me, I, you know, like growing up in the South, we just had this conversation earlier tonight, actually. So I, you know, I grew up saying "Yes, ma'am," "Yes, sir," "No, ma'am," "No, sir." You know, that's just the way that you refer or answer people who are older than you, Um, and it's like not a Midwest thing. So Jill did not grow up saying that. And so Hudson's in karate and they do say it in karate, but he's like really like, he says it very shyly. Cause it's just not like his second nature. And I told Jill, I was like, Hey, I'd really like for us to start like enforcing that for him more. Like I already do it at my house, but I'd like to get some support on your side. And it was a thing where she was like, sure, I'll do it, but it's not like a normal Midwest thing. So it feels weird for me to enforce it. Cause like, I never grew up doing it. So, you know, so then that just like sparked a conversation where we talked about it and tried to figure out like, how important is this thing to me to insist that she also does it or is it just something that i think would be nice cuz i'm like nostalgic for you know the way that it felt when i was growing up or whatever so but you know so we have lots of conversations like that where we just sort of go in openly and try to figure out where we both stand and and come to the, a compromise
0: so you guys you know obviously you're 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 making it work you're doing a a fantastic job of keeping that line of communication open um, making the decisions that are best for for Hudson but how in, the, in in the initial stages did you explain it to him and present him um, with this new life that was about to happen
1: yeah so that was that was definitely like the toughest thing that that we've that we had to do and so that would have been about that was probably about a year and a half ago at this point if not if not maybe a little bit longer than that so when we realized that we were that we were definitely separating, and I was gonna, you know, move out and get in a get a place on my own. The first thing we did was we told his teacher, Um, because we wanted the we wanted his teacher to know that it was about to happen, so that if like the following day at school, you know, he was having some sort of like, you know, it's tough to like process his emotions, especially when you're a six seven year old kid. And so like, if he was processing those emotions in an unhealthy way and was, you know, like acting out at school, we wanted to be like, one, here's a heads up as to why. And two, like, let us know, like, I don't expect you as the teacher to like solve this problem for me, but I also don't want it to just go completely un- unchecked or whatever. Um, but so, so then like that night, I, th- I think it was probably that night we sat Hudson down, we asked him if he knew what divorce was and he said, no. Um, and so we sort of defined it for him and somewhere in that conversation, it's sort of, you know, like all the dots connected for him and he realized what was, what was happening. Um, excuse me. And his initial reaction was definitely one of like, he was really upset. I think, you know, if I remember correctly, like he started crying, he like picked up a pillow that was on the couch and, and like threw it in my direction. Um, I definitely like, I mean, we were all crying, you know, it was like, it was definitely a really emotional, emotional time. Um, once we sort of got all those emotions, like settled a little bit and were able to talk through it more, we made sure that the one thing that we wanted him to take away from the conversation was that it had nothing to do with him, that it wasn't like anything that he could have done differently as our kid that would have like, you know, kept us together, that it was 100% a decision that Jill and I were making separate of him. It did not affect the way that we felt about him individually or as like a, as a unit and that, you know, it was just going to mean that our family sort of operated a little bit differently than it previously did. And then we tried to, you know, play up the things like, now nah, you'll get like two bedrooms and you'll have two, you know, whatever, like, you know, you'll get doubles of things in some capacity. But, um, but I, you know, that that's sort of the way the conversation went. And I, I don't remember the fallout from it being like lasting too long. And I think we've definitely since then have had, both of us have had experiences where Hudson has mentioned sort of how much he actually likes having two houses. Um, at one point, like the, the apartment we were living in when I moved out was like brand new and it had like new appliances and stuff. And Hudson was like, I really like having mom's house. Cause it's like really nice. And I like having dad's house because it's like got character. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, there was sort of things like that, that he just sort of like over time he's like dealt with and reconciled and um, and you know, things have just, they've gotten a little more like, they've gotten a little easier and it's just like, it's just the way life is now for him.
0: Yeah, man. Um, you know, when I go to work and you know, we, we started daycare. So Emery's Emory, with his daycare, uh-huh. um, now, which is, uh, a new experience for him, which is going, uh, very well so far, thus far. But w- when I'm at work, you know, I, I'm just thinking about him all, all day. You know, I'm showing my coworkers pictures. Mm-hmm. We're talking, um, about, you know, sure. his, his latest, um, things he's discovering and that sort of thing and I'm I'm ready to get home to him every day you know in in your situation now you're not with him all the time and I'm I'm wondering how mm-hmm. difficult that is um for you especially as a as a father that that father son relationship is special um but how yeah, having to sure. split that time how how tough is that for you
1: yeah. So, you know, you definitely miss him. There's no doubt about that. So Jill and I, um, Jill, we've completely like, we've, we haven't had any lawyers involved or anything. So we've completely come up with our like custody schedule on our own and we've, and we've stuck to it. Um, and it's, and we split as 50, 50 as much as possible. So, um, uh, so I get him two days during the week and then she'll get him two days during the week. And then we, we split every other weekend starting on Friday. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that's as close to 50, 50 as, as you can get. Um, and you definitely miss him when he's not there. But the thing that I've I've come to realize over the last year and a half, and I didn't, I, and I did not expect this when we first, uh, when I first moved out, was the time that I'm away from him really lets me sort of like recharge my batteries. Mm-hmm. And when he is here, it's definitely like, it goes back to that like presence piece where it's. Like, you want to build some Legos? Like, let's build like. this. Yes. Like, you want to do this other thing? Like, let's do this other thing. And so there's a lot. There's a, I feel like I get a lot. I actually feel like I get more, like, specific one-on-one connected time with him in this arrangement than I did when we were all, like, one one household. Um, the other thing that happens sometimes for us, and I don't know, like, I, I, I'm sure that, like, other couples could relate to this in some capacity, but I, you know, like, there's like the analogy might be like the dishes in the sink, right? Like the so dishes start piling up. Like one person thinks the other, it's the other person's turn to like do them. The other person thinks it's their turn to do them, and then you essentially just start to like wait each other out until like someone breaks down and like does the dishes. I feel like sometimes like a, a similar thing would happen with like playing with Hudson, because you'd both come home from work, you're tired, Mm -hmm. you're exhausted, he wants to do he wants to do some activity that like he finds really interesting, but objectively, like as an adult, you're like, yeah, that's not really like the most fun thing to do. And so you just maybe like, see if the other person will take the bait before you do. Um, And then maybe they do, maybe they don't, maybe one person going back to the dishes analogy, maybe one person feels like they're doing the dishes more than the other person and like resentment grows and those, you know, those types of things like fester up but we're in like in our current situation, like you don't have, you, there's no dishes, right? They're just my dishes. Yeah. So I either have to do them or I don't. And so when Hudson's here, there's nobody like when he wants to play Legos, like I'm the person to play Legos, but I'm also excited to play Legos because for the last two days, or the last three days, if it happens to be after a weekend, like I wasn't playing Legos with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to like do that stuff and like, and, you know, build in those, in those experiences.
0: And I think, you know, your situation, it helps to both of you guys in Detroit. I mean, you're close by um, and you're able mm. to work together. Yeah. Um, and, and in addition to that, you have an outstanding support system and your parents in Michigan. So, mm. you know, describe how yeah. important yep. it is and how helpful it is to have, one, you know, you and Jill both in Detroit and your your parents nearby to kind of help out and how they helped out navigating through the divorce and now helping out, you know, uh, with with Hudson.
1: Yeah. So both of those things are like, are, are really great points. Um, yeah. If like, if either, if, if Jill wasn't in the city, um, it, it would just make, things would just be so much more complicated. You know, um, she moved across town recently, which means now she's like six minutes away <laughs> instead of, you yeah. know, like we used to live in the same neighborhood. So, so like, yeah, so that just makes things super easy. It makes it easy to, to help each other out when someone you know maybe needs to go pick up Hudson instead of the other person who was supposed to cuz like work goes over or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So that, so that so that proximity piece is is a really big is a really big help. Um and it also just makes it easy to obviously do the the 50/50 custody split. I don't see how you could possibly do that in a scenario where someone lives a, even if like a 30 minute drive away it would just make that really difficult. Um yeah, and my parents like, you know, they moved here uh they moved to Michigan about a year after we did maybe a little, maybe like 18 months after we moved here. Um, clearly to ensure that they had this relationship Mm -hmm. with Hudson. Um, I, I'm in no, no misconception that they moved here because of me. Um, and, and, but that's great. I'm absolutely thrilled that they're here. They are a, they're a massive help when it comes to, to Hudson, just like, you know, providing childcare in times when, and like, and he obviously has just like a great relationship with them and loves spending time with them. Um, my dad, you know, would spend every day of his life, like out in the woods if possible. And Hudson would love to just go out there and spend all that time in the woods with him too. And so, um, you know, it's, so that's, that's really great. And it's the complete opposite. Interestingly enough, it's the complete opposite of my experience growing up because we moved to Virginia from Texas and all of my extended family live in Texas. And we, you know, when I was in kindergarten through, let's say fifth grade, we'd maybe go back every other year, but we didn't really have the money to fly. So we'd always drive. And then you spend like half the vacation driving back and forth. And so, you know, over time, and especially as you get older and like sports, especially baseball in the summer and stuff, like there just wasn't that time to, to go back as frequently. And so then like, you know, every other year turned into every like four years, then it was every five or whatever. And so I didn't really have any of those same relationships with my grandparents that Hudson has with my parents. And I, and I just, I like, I love watching that relationship grow and blossom. And, uh, and it's just really, it's been great. And, and, you know, my parents, you know, you, you know, you're right. They're, they're a great support system and they've been, they've been excellent through this whole thing, um, with providing support to me, but, you know, they've also been really great to Jill too. And, and I'm really, I wouldn't expect any less from them. Um, they're obviously like really great people. And, and, and I think that, that Jill is also like really appreciative of the fact that they have been just as warm and kind and, and willing to like help her out if, if she needs some help with Hudson and I'm unavailable or whatever, she knows that she can call my parents and they'll jump right in and, and help. And so, so they've been absolutely fantastic, and I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that for anything.
0: You know, Lando. When you know, when we were growing up, things were a lot different uh, than they are now. I mean, just speaking uh, specifically about technology, the, you know, the the biggest technology we have, like Game Boys, Nintendos, yeah. Sega Genesis, stuff like that. And nowadays, I mean, social media, um, everything. You know, we had kids have access to ten times more than what we had growing up. Um, and they're exposed to a lot. And, you know, bullying is, uh-huh. is, is viewed differently, I'll say, uh, than yes. it was when we were, when we were kids. Um, was it ever a concern to you um, how Hudson would be viewed or how he would be teased possibly um, by classmates and, and kids at school once, you know, he word got out that his parents were getting divorced? Was sure. that a concern to you?
1: You know, it... It wasn't. Um, I, it, it, but it's funny, so it wasn't something that, that I necessarily thought about while we were like going through the decision-making process and stuff. I don't know. I, I can't speak for Jill. I don't know that it was for her either. Um, but it is interesting because since then, occasionally Hudson will bring up stuff about the divorce, and he, he said one day one time that he was embarrassed um, because we were divorced. And so, and so, you know, so that just opened up a conversation that he and I had, and we talked about it and I said, well, what are you embarrassed about? You know? And he said, oh, well, I'm embarrassed that you, you and mom aren't together anymore. And I said, well, what about that is embarrassing for you? Um, and I don't remember his specific response, but I basically like took, I I took the approach to again, reassure him that like it had, you know, it wasn't anything to do with him and there wasn't any reason for him to be embarrassed because he still had two parents that loved him very much. And, you know, wanted to make sure that, that, you know, he was still, you know, doing all being the best kid he could be basically. Um, And that there wasn't, and if any other kids were like teasing him about that, that, you know, I told him to just look around the room because I knew for a fact that maybe like a handful of his other classmates were also parents were divorced or going through divorces too. And so, so I think in some capacity, just because times are a little different, there's a lot more there's not as much of like that sort of like traditional nuclear family um, that that he's going to be going to school with where you're right. Like I, you know, with the kids that we went to school with, I, I don't know that I could, I can only think of maybe one to two people offhand that I knew that their parents were divorced. Everybody else, you know, their, their, their parents were all together, but I, you know, I just, I don't think that that's going to be, I mean, already in Hudson's experience, he already has lots of classmates whose parents are, are also Divorced or getting divorced, so I think it's probably just like a different experience than we would have had as kids growing up.
0: Yeah, man. L- last question for you, Landon. I really appreciate you coming on and you know being open and being vulnerable um, with me about this topic. You know, a lot of a lot of dads go through this. A lot of families go through what you what you went through, but not all of them have a I guess a quote unquote a positive experience as you have had. So, what type of advice would you give? Um, dads who are going through something similar or who have gone through something similar, but not, are, are still struggling with, with the process.
1: Sure. Um, you know, I think, I, I think the best thing, the best advice that I could give, and this may be, and so this timeline would obviously be different for every scenario and, and could, and maybe it sounds a little, and I hope it doesn't sound naive, but I think that the best thing you can do is separate the person In your mind, separate the person that you're divorcing from the person that you're now going to be in a like co-parenting relationship with your child as soon as you can. Whenever you're able to like mentally like wrap your head around that and, and just sort of like separate those two people so that when you see that person, you don't see that person as the person who you're divorcing who may you may think have done you wrong or whatever the scenario is that's leading to your divorce, but instead you see the person who you know, you one time loved, and now you have this kid with, and and make that kid the absolute priority of your relationship with that other person. Because at some point, the reasons why you're getting a divorce, or you're or, or you you're getting or you got divorced, won't be like the interesting aspect of your relationship with that person anymore. And 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 I just mean interesting is like the as the piece that like it, it won't be the thing that you think about all the time. And so eventually you're going to get to that point. So, so the sooner you can get there and then focus on how you and this other person can co-parent this, your child to the best of your abilities is, is really the the thing that I would, I would say to try to like get to as quick as possible. The other piece too, and you know, like, I'm sure that I've like stumbled on this too, but, and everybody would say it is just, you, you know, don't bad mouth the other person in front of your kid, you know? Um, luckily for me, like I, I don't have any reason to badmouth Jill in front of Hudson. Um, she's a great mom. Um and you know, I you know, in a lot of ways, like I, I still feel like really lucky that like I that uh, you know, we brought Hudson into this world together and you know, he's he's lucky to have her as a mom. Um and I'm lucky to have her as a co parent because I, I really I, I believe that she's a great mom. But, you know, I know everyone doesn't feel that way about their, about their divorce spouse. (laughs) But even if that's the case, like bad mouthing that person in front of your kid, like you don't want your kid to like think that way about, you don't want the, the, the way that their view of that person is shaped to be like formed around you, you, your dissatisfaction with that person and for whatever that scenario might be, you know, like it's still their mom. Um, and you know, just like, let them have that relationship as best they can and do the best you can to co-parent, but th- you don't, don't try to like shape it in any way other than what the kid wants it to be shaped as.
0: Well, I know, man, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, the podcast today and, and it's great to hear your voice, man. Great to talk to you. One of these days we're going to get out here and run a half marathon together. I just got to get my time up.
1: I would love to. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine, man. That would be, that'd be fantastic.
0: Well, Lionel, thanks a lot for joining me on the podcast.
1: Hey, Jamar, thanks for having me, man. This has been great. I, you know, I listened to all the previous episodes. I just want to say to like anybody else who you've had on, I'm deeply impressed by like your just like the your relationships and the people that you have that are willing to come on the show and talk about their experiences. I've been impressed by all of your guests and I'm like I'm really honored that you would that you you'd ask me to come on too. I, I feel like I'm in I'm in like really good company, so so thanks a lot. Anytime, man. Thanks a lot. All right, see you, Jamar.
0: to thank my friend Lando Proctor for joining me on the podcast today and as always thank you for listening while you're here be sure to leave a review and rating for the show you can find the show on social media at the Fatherhood Podcast on IG and on Facebook you can like the Fatherhood Podcast page and you can catch me on my personal pages as well at Jamar Hudson on Instagram and Twitter the Fatherhood Podcast drops every Saturday and can be found on major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Overcast and TuneIn Y'all have a great rest of the weekend, and I'll catch you next week. I'm Jamar Hudson, and this is A Fatherhood.